Organifi has everything you need when it comes to high-quality adaptogens, supplements, and now collagen. I actually use their collagen daily, and I love it. And I have a 20% off code for you to use. Many of you know about adaptogens. They are herbs or mushrooms that help your body adapt to stress. They only provide you with the support you need when your body needs it. Research shows adaptogens can help balance cortisol, combat fatigue, enhance focus, ease depression and anxiety, and support proper hormone function depending on the adaptogen that you use. Organifi has a large variety of adaptogen blends. For example, they have green juice, which has ashwagandha. It's really great for stress support. They also have Harmony, which is an amazing blend of Vitex Berry and Maca, which is known to help relieve PMS symptoms like headaches and mood changes. And now they also have supplements. So if you go to Organifi.com forward slash well-fed, you'll see that they have actual pills that you can take. One of my favorite is called Focus, and that is just pure organic lion's mane and an organic coffee fruit extract to help improve your focus and support mental clarity. They also have a brand new collagen, which I have been waiting for this because I trust their sourcing and they always are glyphosate free. It is unflavored collagen from pasture-raised cows, wild-caught fish, eggshell membranes, and organic bone broth protein. It helps replenish and rebuild the most abundant protein and gives you benefits of radiant skin and hair and strong nails. So you can use it when you're taking an adrenal cocktail. You can add a little bit into your adrenal cocktail or add it to smoothies or even drinks because it's tasteless. I love that Organifi is so innovative and always coming up with new things, new products, and they have a lot of good stuff in the works. Support your body, energy, immunity, and stress with Organifi. They take pride in offering the best tasting superfood products on the market. That is why I use them. I like to drink them. I like how they taste, and that's a big deal to me. These are clinical doses of adaptogens, so you actually feel the difference. Go to Organifi.com forward slash well-fed. Use our code well-fed for 20% off. That's Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash well-fed, and use code well-fed for 20% off. You are now listening to Well-Fed Women, the show that's been radically changing the way women perceive health, fitness, and their bodies since 2015. I'm your host, Noelle Tarr. Submit your questions to wellfedwomen at gmail.com. And you can keep up with the show on Instagram at wellfedwomen. Welcome to the Well-Fed Women podcast. My website is coconutsandkettlebells.com. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner, a certified personal trainer, and I'm here with my co-host, Stephanie Ruper, founder of paleoforwomen.com, author of Sexy by Nature. She's a PhD. We are also co-authors of the book called Coconuts and Kettlebells. Today, our topics will include healing your adrenal and thyroid issues while managing unavoidable stress, finding holistic doctors you can trust, and kind of creating a care team around you. And navigating information overload when it comes to health issues, which we definitely have a little bit of experience in that. Welcome, Stephanie. Welcome to the show. I am welcomed. I feel welcome. You should. Hello. Hello. I do. For your own show. So something, when I was putting this this on, which is like something I got probably this top, something that I got. I'm going to say seven or eight years ago, put it on. I'm like, we want tops to be so dang tight. (laughs) Why did I think everything needed to be so fitted now that I have oversized shirts and sweatshirts and tops? I literally cringe when I put on some of my old stuff where I thought I needed it to be like tight and fitted. Yeah. Yeah, that's a. That's a, that's a whole, that's a whole vibe. That's actually something that I uh, really appreciated about France is like, there's so much that drapes. There's so, yes, I like the, the draping. Actually, I don't know if you just saw. So I got some packages delivered a few minutes. Well, right before we got on the call, but uh, so I just opened them while Noel was <laughs> introducing the podcast and I like held them up to the video camera to see what the colors, you know, to see how it looks like on your skin. Like, oh. I bought it because it draped, but it's it's wrong. So there's a 
I buy most of my, almost all of my stuff these days I buy used and I, from like people's wardrobes, but it's impossible to get the color accurate on these apps. And so I got this one thing. It's like, it's like this, the brightest purple I've ever seen in my life. And that is not what I was expecting. So (sighs) the worst, but I don't, I don't discourage anybody from purchasing used. What you can do is message people and ask them to describe the color, <laughs> ask them more specific questions, and that helps. But I didn't do that with this. Oh, anyway, man. Dang. but it was drapey, but it's like the brightest purple. I'm like, nah, I'm giving that to my roommates. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. It really is interesting that in, especially in college and post-college, like we all definitely, it was skinny jeans and fitted everything. Like you yeah. got a T-shirt, it was like supposed to be fitted. And now it's like T-shirts are supposed to be big and baggy and sweatshirts. And I love everything about it. And I, I do. And I, I really I think that the fitted thing can be. I think it, it's maybe tied a little bit to this whole idea that. Uh, you need your like it, it's almost participates in the body shaming thing because it makes your body so visible that you're just mm-hmm. more hyper aware you know, you're just more hyper aware of it. And when things are tight and then you grow out of them, you notice immediately. Right. <laughs> and, and, and it's very easy to feel squid, like you're being squished in, mm-hmm. you know, I was so Even part when of it's part the right of- size. You're already being squished in, exactly. honest, especially with skinny jeans. I, I can do a tight tie. I can do a tight bodysuit. I know a lot of people don't like them with like straight or baggier jeans. That's Correct. my look yeah. too. I can yeah. do that. Same. But tight on top, especially as I'm lifting more, I'm like, what, what, what's going on here? It's like <laughs> tight in my shoulders. Like, I'm not digging it. Oh, well, you know, so my favorite thing to wear is, well, I have two. One is, <laughs> and I pair them. So I really like tight fitted crew neck, long sleeve t-shirts. I feel like my whole body is being hugged. Like I need to be covered. Um, and I like that it's tight because it's just like, it's all there and I mm-hmm. get to stay warm. And I, sometimes I have a couple of thermal ones and then I also really, really like cardigans. And so those, those like layer great. I actually often go tank thermal tea cardigan and then I'm covered in the springtime. It's epic because I can go down to tank and make some vitamin D like today we weren't expecting the sun to come out. And then it did. And I was like, I am ready for this. I actually had a tank top in my backpack just in case. I live in England. It's it's not often. We don't yes. see the sun that much. And so I go make my vitamin D. Can you tell I'm a little like I'm a little tanned? I can. And got a glow color today. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, um, so I do love feeling hugged by my long sleeve crew necks. But other than that, loose is yeah. Superior. Yeah. hundred percent. So more chill magnesium lysinate glycinate is officially launching. Woo! So what it is, is it's a combination of lysinate glycinate. So that's 100% chelated. It's highly absorbable and it doesn't irritate the intestines. It's going to be 200 milligrams of magnesium lysinate glycinate. So it's actually 175 milligrams of magnesium lysinate glycinate. And I put a little bit of magnesium carbonate in there because carbonate has um, like a digestive quality in which it neutralizes stomach acid and helps to calm the stomach. So the idea behind it was when you're maybe a little bit overwhelmed, feeling stressed, feeling like, you know, your thoughts, you can't calm your mind. It also impacts your digestion. So I wanted to put just a little bit in there. So mostly magnesium lysinate glycinate and then 200 milligrams of L-theanine, which is a naturally occurring non-protein amino acid found in tea leaves. It increases calming brain chemicals and GABA and serotonin and dopamine. And it really has been shown in a lot of studies to improve sleep quality and calm your mood and reduce stress-related symptoms. So this combination of these two things is what I take every single night, and it has completely changed my life. I started taking it as per the recommendation of my functional medicine doctor when I was about to have Maverick, and I was kind of... (laughs) Reliving, I was like, I don't want to do what I did after with Stella. I just can't live that life again. And she said, start taking L-theanine. So we've mentioned it a lot on this podcast. It's kind of been a dream come true to combine it with this highly absorbable, calming form of magnesium. I would tinker with it. If you've taken magnesium before, specifically if the magnesium has been in the form of magnesium oxide or citrate, and you haven't seen a complete, like you haven't felt the, the symptom relief that you thought you would get or you just struggle with 
stress and you struggle with adrenal issues and you struggle with getting your sleep, go all in on magnesium lysinate glycinate. And that's kind of been my my thing moving forward is like, if I know that this type of magnesium is great for all of my symptoms, like I'm just going to take that. So that's what this is. It is a combo supplement with both. I would highly recommend taking it if you are overwhelmed or struggle with just spinning thoughts in the morning. And then if you struggle with sleep at night, you can take it morning or night. The website is wellminerals.us. That's my hub now for all things Well Minerals. Of course, this is the first of hopefully a few other supplements. One of them will be just pure magnesium lysinate glycinate. Another one I am working on trying to do this for kids too. So. Okay. Okay. That is exciting. I'm Let me so, see. that's just, I don't know. I don't know. But in our last podcast, we talked about like, did we imagine we'd still be doing this? And <laughs> I think Noelle would have. I mean, I knew Noelle was going to keep building and doing awesome things, but look at you launching a magnesium. I love it. Look at me. No, it's just really just trying to um, make the things that I want to take. <laughs> that it comes down to why is this not being done? Can I do it myself? So hopefully it resonates with the rest of you and you guys see the results that, you know, I feel like I've been, I've seen over the last many years. So. I think we should jump into these questions. Mm -hmm. I do have some updates. A lot of you remember my, and I, I'll talk because I'm going to go into depth on this. I may just do a bonus episode. Lord, y'all, this has been a thing. After my interview with Dr. Michelle, holistic dentistry, root canals, wisdom teeth, all the stuff. I did get my cone beam scan. I have been talking about it on Instagram. I did get my cone beam scan back and it was very eye-opening. So I am probably going to uh, be doing some things. I'll, I'll go into depth on that. And I'd actually am considering interviewing one of the dentists that I am working with if they'll, if I can, if I can convince them to, just to kind of talk through proper, what do you do when you extract a tooth? And if you, you know, if you choose the root canal route and or you have, and you need to get it fixed, like, what do you do? Because I know Dr. Michelle talked incredible, like she did a great job talking us through all of that, but it's like I'm living the life now and now I'm going through this process. So if you want to follow me more on that, go to Instagram. I was going to talk about it today, but I do think I want to leave more time for the questions. I am going to talk about that at another date on here or we'll turn it into a question so I can talk about it in depth even more. But I know a lot of you guys had questions about that, so I will get there. So question number one is from Lindsay. She says, is it realistic to think I can heal my hypothyroidism and get off my low dose of thyroid meds while I still have young kids and work a part-time job that is high stress? Is it realistic to think I can heal my adrenals as well with this part-time job and obviously parenting too, requiring night shifts sporadically? I wouldn't want to weigh in well without... <laughs> Without being your doctor, I wouldn't want to weigh in without a lot more detail about the nature of your hypothyroidism and the nature of the job and, and all of the sorts of things. Um, I think it's definitely very different for every person. I think stress has health effects. Noelle, do, are we going to address the other question separately? The related one, the second one? We could we could definitely do it together. Okay, so yeah, let me let me read the second one. Carlene says, great question. This is her reply to Lindsay. She says, great question. Mine is similar. I have blood work that shows suboptimal thyroid, suspected adrenal fatigue, and significant insulin resistance. I had been taking an ND prescribed supplement for everything, but does it make sense to focus on one area at a time? Which would make sense first? Right. And a lot. Yeah. And, and part of the reason I wanted to talk about both is, of course, because stress is makes significant health impacts. It impacts your digestive system uh, for the worse, typically. Uh, it impacts your immune system by basically upregulating acute inflammatory processes. It thinks your body thinks that it, you might be attacked. So it's ready to heal your wounds, but guess what? You're just stressed all the time. So your immune system is constantly like, Hey, I want to fix some wounds. 
but you don't have any. So you have all these <laughs> pro-inflammatory things running around in your in your bloodstream, right? So um, that happens to the immune system, your endocrine, you know, your hormone stuff can get shut down. Like stress has these effects and stress also, uh, cortisol solicits the release of sugar into the blood. And so it can, you know, it plays a huge role in, in blood sugar going up and down, which is not, you know, blood sugar spiking up and falling and spiking up and falling is not awesome for your health. And then of course, this can participate in insulin resistance, which is what Carlene, you know, brought into the question. So stress definitely has health effects. Um, and if one is hypothyroidism, now, you know, most hypothyroidism is autoimmune related, is Hashimoto's, uh, but not all of it is, right? Sometimes you can have lower thyroid levels uh, simply due to things like stress, simply due to under eating, to overworking the body, to some nutrient deficiencies such as iodine or selenium. You know, all that, all that kind of stuff can play a role in, in hypothyroidism. But if you have an immune-related, an autoimmune Hashimoto's hypothyroidism, uh, then your body is also, I mean, they're both really sensitive to stress. Stress plays a role in both. Um, but again, an immune system, a specific immune dysregulation is quite sensitive to stress. And insulin resistance and suboptimal thyroid, very uh, related to stress. So in terms of what we tackle, stress, you might want stress to be first. But, uh, you know, sometimes that's not always <laughs> feasible, right? We want to organize our lives to reduce stress as much as possible. And sometimes we've done everything we could. And that's that, right? So does one stay on their meds? Yeah, maybe, right? Um, you can for a while. You can try moving down to a lower dose. Or you can make certain changes in your nutrition or in your lifestyle give it six months and then try reducing your dose, right? There's a middle ground here that I think functional medicine practitioners or other doctors might be interested in talking about you with. Uh, I think if you have insulin resistance, then making sure that you're eating a blood sugar friendly diet. And I have a lot of opinions about what that looks like um, is, is really important while you're working on everything else, stress included. Uh, and I, I think Noel maybe has a blood sugar related guest coming on soon. So I don't want to, you know, try to over anticipate that, but generally speaking, getting your fats, getting your protein, uh, eating plenty of fiber. And then like, what kind of carbs can I eat? If I'm, you know, looking at insulin resistance, I would say focusing on complex carbs, um, is, is important resistance, resistant starches this future guest will talk about um in paired with the other things you know could be could be could be good uh insulin resistance of course like lowering inflammation keeping inflammation as low as possible in the diet and in your life and reducing stress is really important so yeah all this stuff is is deeply wrapped up in it but i do think uh if you can identify your more hair on fire emergency in yourself, you know, if you've got a specific health issue that you think is more urgent or that is causing other health issues, yeah, prioritize those. Um, but generally speaking, right, moving towards these nutrient dense, anti inflammatory diets, reducing stress, supporting our sleep as much as possible, we can do these things all at the same time. And we, if we can make specific changes towards resolving or helping support us, through certain health issues, and then reevaluate in three to six months time, that could help us transition off of meds if that's a goal of ours. Um, but again, I'm speaking in huge generalities because, you know, because because I because I can't be more specific. Um, which would make more sense first: uh, thyroid, adrenal fatigue, or insulin resistance? I think again, I think transitioning to these diets that are as nourishing as possible, reducing stress as much as possible is step number one for like a lot of us if our conditions are being managed, right? If um, And then you can like see how that goes. And then if you want to pick a specific issue 
to address. You could go in at one at the time. Although I would probably, if I had a whole slew of issues, I would probably want to approach all of them at once. <laughs> which, which the first step of which is again, like making sure that you're reducing inflammation, that you're getting nutrient density in your diet as a whole. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, because supporting your body as much as possible is going to give it more of the resources it needs to help you help your body make thyroid hormone, help your body, you know, balance electrolytes, help your body be more insulin sensitive, support your gut health. Like all of these things are are really important, like ground up step one kind of stuff. And then once you sort of start making those changes, then you can like say, okay, where, where do I still have some deficiencies or some issues that I want to keep working on? Um, yeah, I'll stop talking. I think I've talked around this a fair amount. That's what we do best. That's what we do best. That's what we do here. Uh, I, I have to agree. I, I just, it's hard. I think you at some point are going to have, going to have to evaluate, is this job worth my health? Because we do know that while you may be having symptoms now, you might have hypothyroidism, you might have high stress, your adrenals are sort of barking at you, making some noises, you have these symptoms, it's going to progressively get worse if you don't address the root cause or the underlying struggle. And that struggle seems to be a high stress job in which it does require you to do night shift work. The research on night shift work is not great. And I don't have any resolution for you there. I think it's really hard. It's really hard. I wish it, there was a better prognosis because we need our night shift workers. We need our people to be there when an emergency happens and it's the nighttime and you guys are worth gold. So it's not great, but if you are getting to a point where it is slowly deteriorating your body, your physiology, your health, you have to make a choice at some point and say, when do I remove this from my life so that I can heal my body? That's not to say that you can't make positive changes and benefit your body or move the needle in a positive way with other changes. I absolutely think you can be doing everything. There's a lot of other things that you could be doing. Are you going to get off of your low-dose thyroid meds? I don't know. There's a lot of factors that play into that. I did just do an interview with Dr. Isabella Wentz, and that is coming out, and it is phenomenal. And I think this will answer a lot of questions because we talked a little bit about the difference between you know, how adrenal and thyroid issues kind of pour into the same bucket. So can you get off meds? I don't know. Maybe eventually. But you can definitely work on supporting thyroid function. You can definitely work on supporting adrenal function with a variety of things, a nutrient-dense diet. I think the blood sugar balancing, eating you know, eating protein and fat and really making sure that you're not going for the quick carbohydrates because we know that under chronic stress, cortisol's just chronically elevated. Cortisol actually helps free up blood glucose. It's part of what it does. It's a stress hormone. When we're stressed, our heart rate goes up, our blood sugar goes up, our blood pressure goes up. And all of that is because that's our body's way of kind of saying, oh, we're something big is happening. All systems go. You need to stay protected. You need to stay ready. Stay, stay awake, stay woke and run if something's chasing you or fight something if you're being attacked. So that's what cortisol does. So if it's chronically elevated, you're you're going to have a higher risk of blood sugar dysregulation because that cortisol is freeing up glucose. So really being intentional with your meals, specifically around the night shift working situation, protein-rich, fat-rich, all the things, and reducing stress in other areas, not being afraid to say no, no thank you. I put your boundaries in place. 2023 is the year of boundaries. Give yourself boundaries. I think in 2020 and in the subsequent years, a lot of people lost boundaries and just with everything, how much time we're engaging on the internet, how much time we're checking out instead of plugging in, as Steph said, you know, our coping mechanisms are all the things. So 
we need to kind of put boundaries back in place to protect our peace, to protect our health and making sure that you're lifting, you're not doing too stressful of training. I would, this would not be the time for like cardio, you know, lift weights, eat nutrient dense foods, take your supplements, make sure that you're, you know, have a mineral rich diet, do your adrenal cocktails. If that helps a lot, which it typically would, if you're, if you're struggling with adrenal dysfunction and not being afraid to say no and ask for help and get your sleep, get your sleep, get your vitamin D, those basic things, keep those in place. And that is going to be what keeps you from going over the edge to, you know, potentially more complications. So I think that that should be your goal while you're kind of, because life is stressful. We have, people have to work, people have to deal. And the best thing we can do is keep our foundation strong. So I think you can, I think you can not necessarily, I wouldn't say treat, but I think you can absolutely manage thyroid and adrenal issues while you have a stressful job. I don't think you have a choice actually. So then the question from Carly, it's interesting. I think that a lot of us see it a specific way, which is like, do I work on my gut issues or do I work on my hormone issues? Do I work on my thyroid issues or do I work with my adrenal issues? And the body is completely interconnected. And I think that you'll find, pick the things, pick the things that benefit both because the majority of the things, the changes that you're going to make are going to benefit both. When you work on your gut health, for example, you are working on your hormone health because hormones need to be properly ex- like eliminated from the body and that's going to support hormone balance. Your adrenal glands and your thyroid are incredibly connected and stress will negatively impact the adrenal glands. It'll also negatively impact the thyroid. So pick the things, diet, working on your sleep, taking specific supplements, working on minerals, making sure that you are getting vitamin D, all those things. Work work on both, like do the things that positively impact both and just start there and then see what happens. Then you can get to a place where you're like, okay, I've addressed a lot of these bigger foundational things, these things that I know impact both. All that's dialed in. I'm getting my sleep. I'm getting, I'm walking. I'm getting my sunshine. My, you know, I'm eating a protein rich diet. I've worked on some of my blood sugar issues. Now, let me look at my thyroid lab work in this foundational, you know, I have my foundation strong. Let me look at my blood work in this state and see now what are my cortisol rhythms doing or now, you know, what's my thyroid lab work doing? And then you can kind of tweak on a higher level each individual thing. Does that make sense? Yes. (laughs) I will say that mute is easier for me on Zoom than it was on Skype. Fantastic. It's a little more obvious. What I'm about to say could very well change your life because it changes your hair. <laughs> we all know how much I how much I love my hair. I've invested quite a bit of time and effort over the years into taking care of my hair and trying to figure out why is it thinning? It's been a little bit more dry. And honestly, some of that stuff just happens as we age. And if that is you, you need to look at two things. One is your pillowcases and the other is what are you using to pull back your hair specifically when you sleep? First, if you're using a cotton pillowcase, get rid of it. They actually absorb moisture and can dry out your skin and hair. If you've ever woken up with frizzy hair or a bunch of sheet marks, that's because of the cotton. So I recently made the upgrade to 100% mulberry silk pillowcases from a brand called Blissey. Silk actually reduces frizz and tangles and prevents breakages because it keeps the moisture in your hair. And get this, if you're doing a skincare routine at night... But then sleeping on cotton, that cotton is actually absorbing your skincare. Not cool. No thank you, cotton. And if you pull back your hair, like me or my daughter, stop using elastic hair ties. Elastic can cause more breakage. It causes a horrible crease. And Blissey makes these amazing small silk hair ties. I use them every single night. I just got the pink tie-dye ones. And I can actually shower, do my hair the day before, use a silk hair tie at night, and then there's no crease or frizz the next morning. It's seriously like magic. 
Blissey sells 100% mulberry silk pillowcases and accessories. They are naturally hypoallergenic, cooling, and unlike other silk pillowcases, Blissey's are machine washable, which is why I went with them. Blissey silk pillowcases are the best ones on the market. They have a ton of different prints and colors, and they make great gifts because there's an option for literally anyone. Men love them too. My husband has one. They have over 1.5 million raving fans, and I am one of them. Try now risk-free for 60 nights at blissey.com forward slash well-fed and get an additional 30% off. That's blissy, B-L-I-S-S-Y dot com forward slash well-fed and use the code well-fed to get an additional 30% off. You'll wake up feeling better than ever and so will your hair. Question number two is from Melissa. I want to know how to navigate finding a great doctor who cares and is competent. Please. All caps. I would love both of your insights on this. For the past 10 years, I've circled from homeopathic to naturopath to functional medicine to conventional Western medicine, and I get the same generic answers from all of them, but bottom line, no help. It has been a financial burden, but also an emotional one, and sometimes you actually just feel crazy and unseen because your symptoms are written off. I need to find the right person, but also I don't want to drop 8K with functional medicine doc again for absolutely no results, but at the same time, My current Western Med PCP is the worst doctor I've ever had. It's primary care, but I don't know where to go from here. And the the emoji is the, what's that emoji face called? I don't know. It's the stressed face. It's the the stressed face. It's the stressed face. It's one one of the stressed emojis. Um, Yeah, Alyssa, I, it's just so... What a radical injustice that this is the sea that we swim in. You know, I'm I'm so sorry. It's so unfortunately common to not feel seen and heard and to be bounced around and to just be, you know, losing money on this. It's it's really, really unfortunate. Uh, I think the best way to find a practitioner, if you can, is to hear from people who have been to that practice. And so I mentioned on the last podcast, and we've talked before about this, and I used a website called ZocDoc, where people write reviews of their doctors, and you can read about these doctors. Um, There are other websites with reviews and stuff. I thought this one was quite user-friendly. And I ended up finding somebody that I really liked immediately when I was in the Boston area. And another way is to talk to friends. It's to network. I now, of course, I, you know, I don't know what your situation is, what you need to treat, if you can find anybody, but the world is so connected these days, start throwing it out there. Like, you know, ask your friends if they have friends of friends, friends of friends of friends. Has anybody heard of this issue? You know, does your local community have a Facebook group where you can post, you know, I'm I'm dealing with this. Does anybody know anybody? Or I'm looking for a, a practitioner who will work with me and listen to my theories and help troubleshoot supplements with me. Like, does anybody know anybody? Uh, I think definitely word of mouth is, is the way to go here. uh, If you can, Uh, I think, yeah, I think that that's really, really quite important. I also think another thing you can do is be really, um, I don't know how, you know, what, what it is. I'm not advising you to be, to be your own doctor, but I think, I'm not. What I do recommend is being very specific with yourself about what you think you need and how you might like to approach addressing it. Because doctors, you can show up at a doctor and say, tell me what my problem is and how to fix it, which is what, you know, the majority of people do. You can also show up at a doctor and say, okay, here's my health history. Here are my theories. Here are the things I've tried. Here are some things I would like to try. Now you could add that last bit on the end or not. You could just come to them with a whole history. But if you have ideas, like write them down, you know, and if you have ideas about what you want to do, and then you can also start looking for doctors who are open to that approach, right? So I was very lucky early on to, uh, my mother had been seeing, and then I started seeing somebody who was, like really into naturopathic things and would do supplements and was sort of open to, you know, all that kind of stuff. And some doctors 
I've also seen people since then who are like, okay, tell me what you think is going on for you. And like, how rare is that? You know, and so you can also um, find doctors who have those kinds of approaches or say that there's something that you want to try. You know, you can Google, you can literally Google like doctor in my area that does this kind of intervention, doctor in my area that's open to this uh, and see, see what comes up. I mean, the internet is a wild place, but also if you're very specific about what you're looking for and very careful to protect yourself against what you're not, you might actually, you know, be able to use that to your to your, you know, to, to your advantage. Uh, and again, I'm not saying that it's your responsibility necessarily to, you know, come up with ideas, but if that's something that you want to do with your doctor, you know, or if you have a more specific idea about what you want, you know, and with most things, the more specific you can be with yourself about what you're looking for, uh, the more easily you can wade through or weed through what you're, you know, what you're not. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that helps. I 100% agree. That's pretty much I'm going to. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through my process and how we found the doctors (laughs) that we have, because I don't know what else. like I feel like kind of we talk around this, but like this is exactly what we do. I will say I will preface the best doctors that we have found are people that I did not find on the Internet myself. Somebody told me they were great. That's that's where what it comes down to is it's putting it out there. It's talking. It's saying my husband has a thyroid issue. Yeah. Oh, I see this doctor and she's really good at that. Or yeah, she's actually, you know, she may not be functional, but a lot more people are, but yeah, she is functional or she's more holistic or she knows her stuff. She does a lot of things. You should check her out. And us calling on the phone and saying, Hey, do you have availability? And do you see people? So 100% referrals, start putting it out there, start asking more, be a really, really, really good questioner. Ask a lot of, be be willing to dive deep into reviews on the internet, to look at Google reviews, to look at Yelp reviews, to look at whatever paid subscription you have to do to get good reviews and look at it from all angles and look at it, look at the reviews where somebody says something wrong. Is that that person's problem or is that really on the doctor? So like, you, it's going to be some time. And that is essentially, you know, we've moved a lot. And that is essentially how I've had to find doctors each time we move. And we've been here four or five years now. And we finally found somebody for my husband that feels like, oh, this is, this is good. This is going to be helpful. She knows this stuff. She knows what she's talking about. And that's five years in. And that was because I heard about her from a friend. So when I move somewhere new or when I moved here, the first thing that I do is I start really digging on Facebook and I try to find holistic Facebook groups. There is one in this area. It is a holistic mom's Facebook group. The only reason that I have requested to join and join that group is to figure out because what's the number one question? Does anybody have a good holistic dentist they recommend? Does anybody know... (laughs) Does anybody have anybody had gone to an orthodontic place and gotten the ALF device? What was your experience like? How much did you pay? What was your perception of the doctor? Like, I mean, you will get comments after comments after comments if you ask questions. It's actually how I found where I delivered Maverick. I was like, does anybody know of any midwifery groups that deliver in hospitals and that are really great? And you've had positive experiences. And I got tons of recommendations about, and there was one that just seemed to constantly be above the rest and everybody had had positive birth experiences. So that's how I found them. So you cannot just go and figure out what's in network for you. You have to do a lot of digging, ask around, be willing to say, hey, can I DM you and ask you about your personal experience with this doctor before you go in there? I will typically, I have a note in my on my computer and it is like Nova DC, Maryland doctors. And I have a list of uh, ER for the kids. I have urgent care for the kids. I have dentists. I have holistic dentists. I have ALF trained orthodontistry. I have what else I have? Just basic personal care, chiropractors, 
of physical therapists. Like I have a list and anytime I hear about anybody or anybody mentions somebody, I will put the name in there. I'll put the website address and then I will go back when I need that person. I will research. So that's essentially what I did for the Cairo. I went to the Facebook group. I Googled a ton. I know I had to do my own research. I know what I was looking for with a chiropractor, what she what she did, what were her qualifications, what additional certification she had for a physical therapist. The guy who literally got me out of pain was a referral from somebody my husband worked with. She said, I had this hip issue. I thought I would never not be in pain again. He got me out of pain. And I said, sign me up. Where is he? And he was half an hour away. I drove up to see him and it changed my life, it changed the course of my life. Every single one. And, and I, you know, I wrote him down. I put his name down. I put other people down, but like ultimately looked at their website, called, what availability do you have? Got a feel, did my first appointment. You can do your first appointment and decide not to go back. That is another thing that I think we need to be empowered with. You can do an introductory appointment with somebody and say, not a right fit. I'm not confident in you. I don't think that you can help me. And you can never be seen again. I've done that as well. I've actually walked out in the waiting room before I've even gotten to see somebody because I saw how the front desk was treating people. And I said, not for me. Don't want to be here. If you're treating people that way, I don't want to know what you're saying when I'm not even in the room. So I was gone. It was how she was treating another patient. She like ridiculed her for something because she was like bringing in a stool testing and she was like joking her because she was crying. Like she was joking with another person behind her back. And I was like, not cool, leaving. And I went and told the girl. So anyway, she took care of it. But so you, you need to be empowered that like, There are so many options out there now and you can leave and you can do one visit. You don't have to drop 8K, right? You can do one visit. So for me, I like to have my primary care. That's where my family goes. We have our primary care. Are they perfect? No. Do they struggle to get us in sometimes? Yeah. Yeah. Do I rely on them for 100% of my answers? No. They are actually functional. They're more naturally focused. But, you know, I go in there and I say, hey, am I missing something? Hey, my, my son seems off. Like, can you test for strep? Like, you know, and we talk through the things. We do the physicals. We, we, if I, what did I go in there last for? Oh, pap smear. Needed a pap smear. You know what? They did it. Okay. And I just talked through, what are your thoughts on mammograms versus like a thermograph, you know, the heat sensor thing. We talk through that. So it's just, you know, getting perspective. Do I take their advice as gospel? No. We uh, have a different functional medicine doctor that we just found from a referral that is finally going to help my husband because I put it out there that he was struggling with the thyroid issues. We have seen internet doctors for this. We have seen endocrinologists for this, which has been horrible, horrible. The, the What is endocrinologists have said to him is just baffling, baffling. Um, they called the Dutch test. He was like, oh, it's a quack test what? No. Um, so that was a bad experience. (laughs) And so the, our primary care hasn't really been that helpful with the thyroid issue. So we've now seen one, a functional primary endocrine, probably four around four people just for this thyroid issue. Cause he saw two different endocrinologists and never, never really found help. We've not really figured out the root cause. We use the primary care to help adjust medication, but hopefully this new functional medicine doc is going to be great. And it's somebody I wouldn't have known about. And it is a 25 minute drive in the other direction, but that's where we're going. And so for me, if I need anything, I'm asking around first, then I'm going to go to my Facebook group and search. I'm going to see what every single person has said. If that practice comes up at search in search at all in this holistic group, what all the comments are about that group. I'm going to look up that specific doctor's name in that group. I'm going to post a question in that group and say, has anybody been here? Then I'm going to go and search them on Google. I'm going to look at like all the reviews of them on Google. I go to Yelp because some people, that's like an underground thing. You know, some people still use that. I'll look at all the reviews and the hidden reviews on Yelp. And then sometimes I'll go to like the reviewing of them on like a very private website And then I'll call the office and see, (laughs) then I'll call the office and see if I can get in for an introductory. Every doctor should be okay doing an introductory 
are you right for me? Are we a good fit? I did that with my PT. I've done that with Cairo. I've done that with every doctor that I've seen is let me let's have a a one on one to see if you're a great fit. So that's the process. I still have my note if and when I mean, I'm talking I'm talking urgent care and ER. I don't want to be stuck in an ER that has a super long wait. And I've heard of horrible experiences. I don't want that in my life. So I've already done that research. I've already figured out what are the ERs around here that actually aren't going to have a long wait, that are actually going to take me seriously, are going to get my kid in fast? What are the urgent cares around me that have really quality doctors that can quickly do some strep tests for me that I'm not going to have to wait an hour? I can get in quickly and get a, te- you know, get in within 10 minutes. So I've done the research. I've looked at all the reviews. I've asked the mom groups. I've, you know, I've asked around and I have that in my notes app. So anytime anybody recommends anything, this is so long and I so apologize. I hope this was helpful. But anytime anybody recommends anything, put it in a note, put it in your notes app because you may need it in the future. Somebody mentions a name to you, put it in your note. Then you're going to go do all the freaking pre-research that you need to do and look at every single review. If you get a bad feeling or some this is a common theme of this person didn't listen to me, this person it was a horrible experience, don't go, don't go. You should not be seeing a primary care physician. That is horrible. That person does not deserve your business. Find there are good primary cares out there. That is your first step. Find a primary care. I've always found incredible partnerships with with, uh, nurse practitioners. I went to the most conventional place in Philly and found a great nurse practitioner who was able to prescribe me medication, listen to me, talk, talk to me through some things. She always took her time with me. So find somebody that you trust, that you say, you're conventional. I may be a little crunchy, but we can come together on on where I need some help, you know, with medications or whatever. Like we can we can find common ground. That's your first step. Then if you do think, okay, I have this other issue. It's a thyroid issue. It's an adrenal issue. It's a hormone issue. Like Stephanie said know what you're looking for. You've got to do your own research. You've got to you are your you've got to be your own doctor first before you can team up with a doctor to actually help you professionally. You have to know what you're looking for. You have to know how to stand up for yourself. You have to know how to ask the right questions. That is what I had to do with this dentist's office. You know, we're talking about pulling my tooth. Um I need to know that you're going to be doing A, B, C and D. You're going to be cleaning with ozone, right? And you're going to actually clear out the periodontal ligament so that I don't have infection in the future. Now, She freely going to give me that information? No, but I'm going to ask it. So I had to do all that research first to know what situation I'm getting myself into. And yes, this is the exact practitioner that I'm that I want to do this, this essentially, you know, surgery on my mouth. Am I done here? Stop talking, Noelle. That was great. That was super great. I love it. (laughs) Ask questions. Anything else from you before we answer this last question? No, I thought that was great. Okay, last question is from Elizabeth. How to navigate information overload specifically regarding health issues? Everyone has a different opinion on what approach to take to heal, in quotations, and sometimes it's just too much for my already anxious brain. Yes, another stressed out face emoji. (laughs) Common theme. (laughs) I think... Truth claims are always predicated on authorities. Who are you going to trust? Number one is obviously yourself, but also you can be your greatest enemy. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, I mean, because we can all get overly attached to certain ideas or be driven by certain emotions. And so I think number one is yourself, but with self-awareness of how you're adjudicating the claims of others, right? Just like keep an eye out for potential biases uh, and always, you know, you you want to be questioning things, but also you got to trust somebody. And so sitting in yourself and being self-aware, as self-aware as possible of various ways you could be being influenced is like, for me, step one. Um, step two is, yeah, who do you trust? And I decide who I trust not based on what they say or what they think, but how they think it. Uh, how did they arrive at that decision? Noelle and I, I like our approach. You don't have to, but I happen to think that we're trustworthy because we're really self-aware. We are willing to revise our ideas, which by the way, is a credit to anybody, not a 
you know, not a deficit. People should be willing to revise their ideas. Uh, people should be evidence-based. They should want to be looking at the research papers. They should be asking for criticism, right? People should, the people that you are trusting should be actively wanting to revise their ideas and get pushback from other people. Um, and they should be willing to consider other perspectives, right? Like, oh, I'm paleo, but wait, you eat like potatoes or fruit? Like, yeah, I want to hear what you have to say about that, right? So uh, the people that you are trusting as experts to give you information should be wanting to to revise their ideas. Uh, and you want to try and make sure that there's not too much profit motive in 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 what people are doing. Like they're not just trying to sell you on something. Um, a big red flag is if somebody's offering you one thing that solves all the problems. Uh, no, no. Or so that like one thing to solve all the problems or one really simple solution to a complex problem. That's another big red flag, right? Like diabetes is caused by a high sugar diet. Therefore you should eat a low sugar diet. Sorry. That's just like a little too simple. You know, like there is truth to that. But it's like, you know, that's that's a simple solution to a complex problem. And then another thing would be like, oh, the paleo diet done in this specific way is going to solve everybody's problems. That's another like way over simple solution. Um, now, of course, you could do paleo in a very specific way, but that that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying like a very specific or like keto done or this specific macronutrient ratio or like this specific kind of bean in every diet, every meal or something like that. Overly simple solution or like a celery cleanse, <laughs> overly simple solution to complex problems. Um, so those are some red flags to look out for. And I would really, yeah, like you're not an ex. I'm not an expert in these things. Uh, there were some things that I may have like danced around the edges of expertise in, you know, at some point in at some point in time. And I do think like Noel and I, we have, we both have, I think, good research methodologies for getting, for trying to get to the bottom of these very complex things. But there are people that I trust. And even if I were an expert in something, there would be people that I trusted in even more niche areas. You know, like if you're a thyroid expert, you're still going to go to people on iodine biochemistry. You're still going to go to people on autoimmune issues. Like experts are great when they will tell you where they're not experts and then be able to point you towards people who are experts in more niche or related areas. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, like we all have to trust experts. And so I think I would say lean into trusting people who are as humble and self-aware and data-driven and willing to embrace complexity as possible. And, and willing to point you to other experts, you know, to be honest about deficiencies in their knowledge and able to point you towards people who can, you know, offer you. The first thing I do when people come to me with questions in philosophy and spirituality in, um, in, in nutrition is I point them towards other thinkers. I'm like, oh, if you want to talk about this specific thing, then you want this person is an expert in that. This person is a great take on that. Like that's um, and I'll give you my, like, I'll tell you my story and my experience, but um, yeah. So th anyway, that's kind of how I navigate um, the authority because, you know, again, we do have to have ideas and then you just like have them and then, and then don't bother fussing with stuff that has any red flags around it at all. Like, just like, <laughs> just don't, you know, like if, if you're, if you encounter an influencer and they're, you can tell they're trying to sell you something, unfollow. Mm. Yes. You know? Um, if you encounter somebody who's telling you an oversimple this, like unfollow. If, mm -hmm. if you're getting a silver bullet this or a trendy that, like unfollow. You know, I want people who are as little, like the least trendiest. I want the least trendiest people to follow. Like, mm. period. You know, I don't I don't want somebody who's like riding the wave of something that's trending. I want somebody who has like good principles, you know. So I don't know. <laughs> A hundred percent. Discernment online, I think, is a really, really underrated skill and it's probably not used well enough. I think because you and I have a foundational knowledge, we're also we've been doing the Internet thing for a while. It's very easy to see the red flags. A lot of people aren't necessarily haven't figured that out yet, especially older populations, especially boomers like they kind of don't they, they don't see the red flags. And so you can get down a hole like 
buy this protein powder, buy this supplement, buy this into this diet, buy my diet book. It can, it, when somebody is promising you a quick fix, I think that's so, so insightful. It's a red flag. If somebody is really, really like, I think we have to be open to balanced perspectives. And when somebody is so hard on exactly one way of doing things, that's another red flag. Like if you're going to not really be open to seeing the other side or have a balanced perspective, I think the people who I find to be the most credible are evidence-based, are willing to change their opinion, but are also willing to see other sides and say, this is what the research is showing, but that may change. You know, and this is what I've seen work, but that also may change. And I'm willing to try other things. I I don't know. It just seems like some people get so focused on being right that they lose the 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 ability to navigate. Maybe my thinking isn't quite right on this. And as consumers, we right. do that too. As consumers, we do it too. We want our weight. We are right about this. This is the way that you should be eating. And so we surround ourselves with people who just reinforce that <laughs> full of red flags. And so we have to be willing to follow people who are more balanced, but also be open to following people who don't follow our worldview or nutrition view or health view or whatever, right? I will say the only thing that really comes to mind for me, and I get overwhelmed too, guys, health and wellness is incredibly overwhelming. The moment that you think you know everything, you are, you're lost. You're done for. For example, parasites. WTF. I don't know what's going on, okay? You guys are talking about all these things, talking about binders and what? It, what? You're showing me parasites in your poop. I have no idea what you're talking about. What did I do? I know I needed, I knew I needed to do a parasite cleanse though, okay? This was like, a, I'm not kidding, a year ago. So um, I have a friend who speaks a different language. She talks about parasites. And I'm like, what are you even saying? So I ended up following a few people who are prolific in the parasites and started becoming more aware of the terminology, started becoming more aware of how we're talking about it and what exactly is a parasite cleanse and why do we need a binder and what does that look like and what show it to me flat and okay so we need to open drainage pathways check God, i understand that so like you know i had to probably for about 6 months just kind of follow and engage with a few people who i trust to talk about parasites and i just kind of watched and listened to them talk about it it was not oh i need to do a cleanse and let me figure this out and i need to do it tomorrow it was I need to do this sometime in my future. Let me follow some people who know what they're talking about. And I found, you know, I eventually asked a few more friends. I eventually got myself a parasite cleanse. Then I had it for like four or five months. Then I opened up the pamphlet, tried to familiarize myself with it. Then I just said, okay, I kind of am following this, but let me do a little bit more research, Google the things look into deeper into these people that I trust and follow on these very specific topics. Like, when should I do it? Should I really do it around full moon? Should I do the beginner or the intermediate? You know, really diving into that and, and getting deeper. Because otherwise, it would have been way too much up front. I needed to kind of let myself get in, like, understand. And I mean, this is how everybody listening, all of you, you did not just go from knowing nothing to knowing everything that we talk about here. This is a very, this the things that we talk about on this podcast is, is kind of higher level. Like it's it's confusing to the normal person. And I every guest that comes on, I say, listen, you're talking to an educated group of women. They know all the things. So go deeper. Don't don't stay surface. Don't tell me what the, that I need to be eating proteins, fat, and carbs at every meal. Like we're not here to talk about that. We're here to go deeper. So all you know you have a higher level of understanding because why? Because you've been listening to this podcast over the many years. You've been engaging with certain people's content over the years. You've been getting emails over the years. So you learn a little bit and you learn a little bit more and you learn a little bit more and you learn a little bit more. So just take that simple approach with whatever it is that you want to learn about or you want to know more about. If it's not something that really applies to you, unfollow or you know, like don't spend your time on that. 
There's a lot of stuff out there that we could be talking about. There's a lot about thyroid health. There's a ton about adrenal health. So it's like, if thyroid's not your thing or it's not your thing right now, just unfollow, save it for labor, don't in, later, don't engage, and really just kind of engage with the content that you need based on whatever's right for you right now. I will stop there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Steph's excited. No one else stopped. Epistemic authority. It's one of my favorite things. Anything else from you? No. Okay. Thank you guys for being here. For more from Stephanie at stephanie.ruper on the Insta, I'm at Coconuts and Kettlebells. My website is coconutsandkettlebells.com. More chill magnesium launches tomorrow. Get on my email list, coconutsandkettlebells.com slash midrolls. We will talk to you next week.